friends, and welcome to Comically Pedantic, where we talk about, where we, t- Ooh, let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to Comically Pedantic, where we take a detailed look at complicated concepts and characters and history of comic book culture. It's a me, again, Corinne, your host, and then there's another host, and his name is Derek, and he is also here. What a fun time we're having. My goodness. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I always enjoy it when you read the <laughs> intro. It's always a little different each time. I feel like I, I go as fast as I can and you're like, we're going to savor this. It's because I can't do the tongue twister and uh, I don't know how much we're going to edit, but I totally goofed the first time. So. Yeah, I, I was thinking as you were doing that, I was like, oh, I kind of want to keep that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Where I just fall apart in my mouth. That is okay. We're here. That's what an editing booth is for. It's fine. We're chilling. We're having a good time. We're both very tired. I've had oh a long God. day at work. Derek has had a long day at work. So uh, we're going to have a real fun time today. We're just going to take it nice and easy. Um, and then before we get into what nice and easy stuff we're doing, what was what was your nice and easy bright spot part of the week? So I actually, we, we've taken on a couple of projects uh, yes. at, at the house, both of which are uh, a little intimidating, but they're fun and it, it feels good. So one, we, one, we just had someone put in a new door and uh, we have a new back door. It's very oh, cool. bright, very pretty. Uh, our house is like this weird patchwork thing um, where someone just decided, hey, I know kind of what I'm doing and they didn't and they did it anyway. So when yeah. this guy came to like uh, put in our new door, uh, he found so many things wrong with the previous setup. And that oh, was like no. kind of, no, it was, it was kind of funny. Cause we were like, why, why would someone do this? Like as someone who knows nothing about how these things are done. Right. Right. Like I, I look at it and I go, that is some, that is some buffoonery that this some person goofy shit. was. Yeah. It is wild. And it's not the only thing about this house that we found that way. There's a lot of like little things where someone was just like, ha I know what I'm doing. And it is absolute bullshit. Straight uh, but it was a lot of fun. But we have a nice pretty door put in. It has a lot more windows. So it's way brighter in this oh, little cool. hallway. In our, yeah, it's really nice. Um, you have to also send me the a old, photo of this door. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I will. It, it actually does look really nice. And on top of that, um, and this this is one of those things. This is the other project, and uh, I love Austin, and uh, she for the most part does not listen to the show, so I get to I also say some love things. Austin very much, <laughs> and she is the best. <laughs> I I get up on my days off pretty early to do housework and yard work um, because I only have time for a little bit, you know, during the week. Dude, and we have a lot to do, and. Uh, the last day off I had, um, I got up early. I started doing yard work. And about two hours into doing everything, Austin came up with the idea. We have this wooden deck outside of our house. Yes. What if we ripped it up and put in a stone, uh, like a stone, like a pea gravel patio with like pavers and stuff. 
Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, it, and so uh, because uh, her brain works the way that it works, that meant we're going to do that now. So oh. we have been... <laughs> With very little planning. I mean, we have, there is some plan. I'm like, I'm not saying that we went in with no idea. They, the, she did have some idea of how she wanted to approach this. We have started ripping up the deck in the backyard. Um, and we are going to be putting in uh, a, a different, uh, like a patio sort of setup. That's exciting. Um, yeah. And it so far, I mean, like, we're not super deep into what we're doing because we, like outside of like our days off, we have very little time. Uh, so a lot of work gets done in one day and then nothing gets done for a week. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Sometimes that's just how it is when you got a house, you know? But uh, but I think it's it's starting to look really nice. I'm really happy with how it's... And it gave us some good ideas for like how we want to approach some of the stuff in our backyard. Um, so... Oh, cool. It, and it it gives Austin the chance to play with power tools, and she does love to do that. So I think everybody <laughs> loves power tools. It's just yeah. some of us get less opportunities to use them. <laughs> I th- I genuinely think that she she relishes the opportunity to do so. She, it's very empowering. Like yeah. I don't get to use a drill often, but like my goodness, I love a drill. Well, and like, I was allowed look. to like help hammer down a fence the other day. And, uh-huh. like, I had the best time. Because, like, people don't think I know where to hit the fence. I know where to hit the fence. And people think, ah, oh, she won't be able to hit it hard enough with a hammer. I can hit it hard enough with a hammer. And I knocked that fence down, and it was mighty. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, so I'm excited for Austin to get to use power tools. Well, no, it, the people... people- tend to have this uh, weird stereotypical look at things where it's like, oh, the guy knows how to do all of this stuff and the girl doesn't know how to do any of it. And right. like, I know how to, I know how to do some stuff. I can easily yeah. like, you know, but in terms of like getting things done around the house, like construction wise, like, like project wise, she tends to have like a much better handle on that than I do. You know, like right. she actually knows a lot more. Like I, I ask her questions way more. She knows how to do a lot of the electrical stuff around that. I don't know shit. She, she's the one who fixes it. Right. <laughs> I can do some of it. I, I will do the stuff that I know. Um, uh, and and she, but she is the one that usually uh comes up with how we are going to approach a lot of this stuff. Yeah, uh, I think it's fun. I um, I kind of have a similar thing where it's like, I think Max and I both kind of are very good at like sharing the responsibilities when it comes to like fixing things and stuff. Right. Um, like, I, well, I also, I know that he likes to help like mount picture frames. So I'm like, you got it. Go do it. Um, but like on a, I guess on a daily thing, like I think my job has more like physical labor to it. And then Mm -hmm. his is very like, you know, he's still like cooking a lot, which is like a physical thing because knife skills and like all that. But it's also like more on like this really cool, like science and education side of things. And I kind of like that. It's like almost like a bit of like a twist of like what people think like you know 
a couple like us would do. And I like just, I like being strong. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, like I do, I do all, well, not all, but I do probably 90 to 95% of the cooking in our house and like the baking. Yeah, and, and we try and like share our cooking. I bake a lot. Oh my God. It's a good time. But yeah, ah, that's fun. I'm excited to see all these projects. But what about your bright spot? Um, I got to go to my first Renaissance fair. That was pretty cool. Yeah. How did that yeah? yeah, How did that go? It was really cool. Um, I had a lot more okay, to preface, like I knew that I was going to have fun because it was for Max's birthday. That was my gift for him, was to take him to a Renaissance fair with his friends. Well, who are also my friends. So I knew that I was going to get to spend the weekend. Like I would see my family. I would get to like, you know, see some friends in person, which is like, Oh, so nice. Um, cause they do not live close to us whatsoever. Um, so it was like nice to see all those people, but it was also just like, honestly, like a fun event to go to. There were a ton of people. Like I didn't realize how many people would like dress up and like really commit to their like costumes and things like that. Um, so like, it was really cool just like seeing everybody's like outfits and stuff. And like, there were a ton of vendors that did like jewelry and like handmade art stuff and like all these just cool things. And like, it honestly just like, I left wanting to play like more D and D again. Um, so I was like, (laughs) this is a cool time. And there was like, a jousting show and I was like wow people riding horses and fighting each other that's fun and then I got to pay like I think it was like five or ten dollars to uh fight someone so Max and I each paid so we could fight each other with like swords and armor and stuff so like that was a lot of fun just swinging foam swords at each other it was pretty cool um so yeah I had a lot of fun and yeah I think it was kind of like my, it's almost like, I guess what I would think like Comic-Con would be like too, because I've never been to Comic-Con, but like, you know, it's just a bunch of people dressing up, having a fun time, like sharing a, an interest in something. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I did not dress up because I did not have time or a budget, but I got a flower crown and I'm like, this is all I wanted. (laughs) Well, the the budget is a big deal because uh, some of those are very expensive. That's true. But also, um, so my one friend, he had basically gotten everything for, because uh, two of our friends did dress up and they looked great. My one friend, Mandy, dressed up as Link and they were like... Oh, that's cool. They were the Link of the entire Renaissance Fair. No one else was <laughs> dressed like them. And so like... Mandy was just an icon. Like, <laughs> did they do um, like the ears too? No, they like, did not. Because yeah, okay. I was just curious. That's kind of cool. I, I like. I, think I the love plan stuff was like to that. have ears, but I think time was was crunching oh. down. Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, then, yeah. I I've never dressed up to go to Comic Con, and I've actually never been to uh, a Ren fair. Um, They're kind of fun. I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm sure they are. Austin really likes them. Uh I yeah. 
I am much more of the like I like Comic Con for the booths, the artists, and stuff like that. And I feel like Austin would be someone who would get a kick out of that, but would have more of a kick out of the costumes and like the event nature of it. <laughs> Honestly, I think you would like the Renaissance Fair because like there yep. are tons of booths of like artists and like all of their things. And they'll talk to you about like how they made them. There's like, we saw a lot of like crocheted things. I saw a lot of like wood burning stuff and like jewelry making. Um, there was also uh, probably like my favorite like show that we saw or whatever was um, this blacksmith did a demo and like talked through like how they do everything, the different heat levels and like what hammers they're using for what. And I just that stuff I I really like. (laughs) Well, they have that at the Renaissance Fair. (laughs) It's very cool. That is awesome. Yeah. So uh, I don't really have a good segue here, other than much later in Sandman, a Renaissance Fair does actually come up. Um, Yeah. Well, also, I mean, like the Renaissance Fair has tons of history elements to it, and I mean, like. What is not more historical than an endless being being alive for all of history? Uh, that's Sandman, everybody. We're talking about Sandman today because Corinne yeah. got to choose the topic. <laughs> so we, well, we we went back uh, a few episodes. I don't. I actually, I have I have no idea how long. So ago many moons ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, we had an unhinged conversation about my first reading of Sandman. Which was, um, it's a very large book. I would say it is borderline a compendium, but it consists of multiple um, stories of Sandman. And then very shortly after I read that, I got book two, which is approximately the same size as this book one that I have. Again, it's multiple stories um, congealed into one. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you how confusing that was for Austin. Because she was trying at one point to get into Sandman. I don't know if she ever actually sat down to read any of it. It is best described as like the books that I purchased are best described as like they are. It's almost like an anthology series. Like there's generally with the ones that I have, um, it is like one to two large stories that consist of multiple like issues. And then there are a handful of short stories that are about one issue, maybe two apiece. Um, so that's what I have. I know some people can get like smaller versions. Like if you just wanted to read like um, the very first storyline uh, or like, I don't know, like the dollhouse or like a game of you, those are all like bigger bits of storyline that are like, they're like multiple chapters, essentially. I'm sure you could buy like small versions of those. That's what I own. Okay. I have big old bookies that have I have the small ones. And Austin and I walked around Forbidden Planet in New York for Mm -hmm. probably like 15, 20 minutes uh, where I, like we were having a conversation because she was like, I kind of want to buy my own copy. And, right. like, to read and you know and I was like that's fine and uh we were talking about what volumes you own versus what I own and trying to explain like the collections and how they work 
And it was very confusing. Um, it's kind of just like a, if you think of like, um, if you're purchasing a book, a lot of people will buy like books that are, consist like of various Greek myth stories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll chuck the Iliad in there and then they'll add like a bunch of small ones. Like, you know, quick thing about the Minotaur, quick thing about like, I don't know, like the, you know, stuff like that. I think you and I, last time we we landed on your book one, I think is book one and two of what I own. What you own, yes. And I'm going to get into like which stories because I have, I have it divided. But essentially what we're going to do today is I'm going to make a tier list (laughs) of the stories that I've read so far of Sandman. So I have read two large books of Sandman, one and two. I have the third one cooking in my bookshelf and (laughs) I want to read it so bad, but I'm reading a hefty book right now and I am a completionist, if anything. But yeah, I thought it would be fun to give, you know, classic like little S tier, A tier kind of situation. And I'm just going to go in order um, from like, what's the first in book one, we'll go through book one and then we'll go through book two. And then we'll, we'll just review what we got at the end. Um, I'm not going to give you an entire, like, here's what happened on every single page. I'm going to maybe give you like a refresher of like, here's what this story is about. It's, it's cool. It's fun. Um, so hopefully this isn't like three hours long. Cause I could talk about this for like seven to eight business days. <laughs> it's a time. Um, but essentially the criteria I'm going for, like to try and keep it consistent and not totally biased. <laughs> um, is, I mean, it's going to be biased regardless. Oh, because I, I just love all of them. Like we're probably yeah. not going to have any D tier ones because I like them. Um, and again, this is my opinion. It's not set in stone. Like you can have a different opinion. That's the fun thing. No, no, no. This, this is this is exactly what it's supposed to this be. This is the Sandman the, Bible. This, right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm going to base it off of, uh, was the story memorable? Uh, was I invested in reading the story? Like, did it really suck me in? And then, um, did it provoke a lot of feelings? (laughs) Like, (laughs) did I get emotional? Because honestly, I'm a sensitive lady. (laughs) And sometimes if I like start crying, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Then like, there we go. Um, And yeah, those are the three questions we're going to ask ourselves as we go through this. And boy, will we answer them. So um, we're going to start with what I consider book one. This is a big boy book again, reminder. Um, And book one essentially starts with like the Sandman origin. Um, they, there's multiple issues. This is one of those bigger storylines. Um, I'm going to call it sleep of the just for now. Cause that's what the first issue is called, but there's like multiple issues in it. Like, uh, you know, imperfect hosts dream a little dream, like, you know, a hope in hell passengers. And then like, uh, sound of fury. And then there's one I would consider like the epilogue, which is like Sandman and death, like having a day together. The um, sound of her wings, right? Um, I think so. Something like her wings. Um, I couldn't find the title in there because it's sometimes they're just like hidden in the pictures. But um, essentially, like this first story, again, I'm going to just call it Sleep of the Just. It's basically, it's what we consider the origin 
of Sandman. He gets trapped by the occult because there's this cult that's trying to trap death and Dream gets caught in the way. So he gets trapped for a very long time. Um, and finally, when like the right moment comes, essentially, he breaks free, gets his comeuppance from the people who trapped him. And then the rest of the story is him collecting um, these three major items that he needs in order to like properly rule his uh, kingdom. So you've got like his ruby, which is held by a crazy man. There's uh, the helm, which is like the crazy helmet that some people might see that is uh, being hidden by like a demon in hell. So he's got to go there. And then there's also like his bag of sand, which has a fun like cameo with Constantine. And they got to like, you know, get the sand from like an old friend of his. So it's a really cool kind of like epic journey. You get to see like a lot of like cool characters. It's very good for like setting up a lot of reoccurring characters like you know you meet Cain and Abel and they are they come up frequently because they're silly goofy and whimsical and that is what Sandman is so that's cool um it also like introduces you to Lucifer and kind of the concept of hell and like yes there is a hell but hey, this whole thing isn't just strictly Catholicism. It's just a regent of this mass expanding universe. Um, Again, you meet Constantine. So you're like, wow, Constantine, that's cool. Um, And you meet death and you kind of get a good grasp of like what the endless are and things like that. So in general, I would say great introduction to just a character and like a whole franchise essentially. Because it starts off very interesting. You really do kind of, when you're reading the very first issue, you really just kind of got to go with it because it does a lot of like looking at minor characters that will eventually become important, like Unity Kincaid and like people that are being affected by what's happening to Sandman. Um, You just kind of got to go with it because it's not super like, it's not going to tell you straight to your face. It it gets to the point. It's a slow burn kind of. but yeah, I think, again, it's just a really cool intro to a really cool character. Was it memorable? Honestly, I would say yes, because you deal with a ton of different bad guys. The way that, like, battles happen are really cool. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, spoil it too much. It's not necessarily, You're, you're like, talking, like, specifically about, like, in hell? In hell, but also when he um, is trying to get his ruby back from uh yeah okay so i was gonna ask a battle of brains instead of a battle of like brawn it's a it's a lot of like whatever you use in your mind because he's he's dreaming it's a lot of like the strongest imagination wins you gotta be witty with your and creative to like succeed and so i thought that was like really cool And you see a lot of, like, you know, mind games and things like that. Like, it sets the tone very well. Um, So, yeah. Was I invested? I would say yes. Out of all of the stories we're going to cover, I think in the grand scheme of things, I was more invested in some more than others. This might be one of the others just because, again, in the grand scheme of things but I think it sets it up very nicely. So it's more memorable than like invested, but I was strongly invested. 
I wasn't like sucked into an entire void, but I was like, I want to see where this goes. This is interesting. Um, did it provoke any feelings? I think it was making me more like excited because I was like, wow, I want to learn more. And I think that is a very important feeling to have when you're reading a first story. Um, so like, yeah, I would say that. I think in terms of this whole tier list, I'm going to put this in A tier because it's a very strong beginning. Again, you just got to hold on a little bit and you got to go with the flow because this is a crazy journey. And if you're not into crazy, like trippy journeys, maybe Sandman isn't for you. And that is okay. I will not be mad at you, but like, you know, you got to give it a minute. You can't just jump into the cold water <laughs> right away. I, I actually was going to say, like, the for this particular uh, grouping of issues, I remember reading the first issue and not really being super into it because it there's a lot thrown at you. And it's a kind is. of a slower, there's, it's a slower burn to get to, I would like genuinely the 24 hours story in the diner. It, yeah. Because like, once that, you get to yeah. that point, you're like, right. Rick. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I would say it's a slow burn overall. Again, you're dipping your toes in and then eventually like, I think once you hit your belly button is where the 24 hour diner is. <laughs> yeah. But, or maybe like the hell, the hell thing. Cause the hell thing. Yeah, the, the, the hell part was good. I just think like in terms of like, holy shit, like I'm gripped for all of this was the diner. Yes. The and- diner. Okay. The diner issue for anyone who hasn't read it and hasn't been totally spoiled by like watching the TV show or whatever. It's very intense. Like you go through 24 hours with this very bad guy who has a gem that is very powerful. It is the same man's Ruby. Um, and he is just abusing the crap out of it. And you just watch people slowly go insane and like lose their minds essentially just for 24 hours. And it just shows you like kind of the real scale of like how intense and powerful, like these items are on like a human normal reality scale. Very yeah. Um, so yeah, I again I would give this an A tier. Cause again, it's just it's the it's the it's the wobbly start because you're like, I don't know what's going on. But um again, A tier is very good, guys. I'm just saying, like, we're probably gonna have a lot of A tiers and a lot of S tiers. <laughs> um, but that's okay. The okay, so the next story. After, you know, you get this whole intro um, is, I want to say, where, where did you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Oh, okay. It's Tales in the Sand. That's the next one. So Tales in the Sand is a shorter one. It is essentially giving you a bit of more like mythos into Sandman. It takes you back to a very, very long time ago um, before like any present day civilizations were a thing. And it goes into the story of this princess um, of a a tribe. I can't remember the name of the tribe. I don't think they give it to you. Um, And she falls in love with Morpheus, AKA Dream, AKA Sandman. They fall in love with each other, um, but they can't be together because he is an endless, she's immortal. 
And it comes with problems. It does lead to tragedy because humans can't really have relationship with gods or endless. That's a complicated thing in most mythology. Yeah, it essentially just goes into that relationship. It explains how it ends because obviously, like, there there are deals as to why they can and can't be together. Um, you know, someone's gonna have to die, and it's sure as hell not gonna be Dream because Dream can't die. Um, <laughs> so, and you know, she she makes some sacrifices because she also, you know, it's kind of like what it's like to be in a relationship when you know you've got crazy responsibilities and you can't really give them up because you have power, and it's that on both sides in very different ways. Um, it's also, you get a little intro to a character named Desire, who is one of, uh, Dream's siblings. And it's kind of like, oh, did he have something, you know, to do with this relationship? Is he kind of like messing around with his brother? The answer is yes, because they love to do that. Um, and yeah, it does end up not great for, um, the lady in the picture, she does end up in hell. That is a thing that becomes important later. Um, so in terms of like, is this story important to the grand scheme of Sandman? I would say yes. Though it is short, it is mighty. Um, because there is a larger story that comes in the beginning of book two, like my book two, um, that you know, this, this queen is involved with. So, you know, it's important. I I would read it. But but, but before, before you move uh, further in this, I was actually uh, curious about your interpretation of desire because you used he and I like that. Oh, I thought I said they. (laughs) You, you, you did both. Um, yeah, it to me the pronouns for for desire are she he they. I use yeah. all of them because and I think that their all the, face is forever changing. And I think that all of the uh, the siblings they switch between pronouns too. Because I think at one point I I I honestly don't know how far into Sandman you are, so I don't necessarily I, want to talk about who. But someone the stories that we're going to cover are the stories that I have read and I am yet to read anything beyond that. Someone in so. the Sandman series refers to Desire as like the brother sister. Uh and Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I think it's Delirium. Right. Delirium. Yeah. yeah. And we'll get I'll get into that in a minute. But okay. like, yeah. Delirium is cool and <laughs> so, <laughs> what like, a time. The, I I I just found it interesting that the because I if I'm remembering correctly the first uh, pronoun you went with was he and it just Maybe, stuck out yeah. it just stuck out to me because um, I think I tend to view desire as a very masculine character most of the time not all of the time obviously do you uh, think it's because like desire tends to be a bit aggressive and but, like typically like you know, I think in most gender roles, men are seen as more aggressive. I think a little bit of that. I see, I see desire as very like indirectly, like, well, well, that's just passive aggressive. I see them very passive aggressive <laughs> and I think that fits best for them. I love that. And that's why 
That's why she's everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't now know. I've I think, used all three. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think for given the 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 time and place, uh, desire obviously changes. But like, I don't know. It's just when I read them, to me, I get a very masculine uh, energy and vibe from them. I, I I don't know. I can't explain it more. Yeah, uh, I get a mix. And it truly, it depends on the scene because I think that's right. That's what Desire <laughs> wants. Desire yeah. wants you to see Desire. I, I also absolutely palette. love that idea for a character. I think it's so cool. Neil, Neil is never going to listen to this, but Neil Gaiman, I love you. I think you're very creative and I believe <laughs> that he's currently supporting the writer's strike and I also Oh, that's support- great. Yeah, I saw a video um, with him at, like, one of the protests. Uh, Shout out to you, Neil, for helping out my pals. Uh, Well, my, yeah. No, I have have multiple pals in L.A. I have one in particular that I'm, like, looking out for you, pal. But, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, my pals in L.A., you're supported by Neil Gaiman. I hope you feel good about it. Um, Okay, but so. Do I think the the story is important? Absolutely. I think it's important, but importance is not on this tier list uh, recommendation <laughs> requirements. Is it memorable? Um, I would say it is pretty memorable. Um, there are details that I sometimes forget. Like, I understand. I remember the whole gist of the story. There are certain details that would probably make my memory powerful. Um, mm-hmm. But... You know, there's just some things I forget. I don't know if that has to do with just because I haven't read in a really long, like, you know, in months, almost a year now. I don't know. But I still remember the main point of the story. So that's, like, fine. Uh, Was I invested in it? It's a short story. So, like, I was interested in the characters. Absolutely. Um, I would say I was equally invested in this as I was with, like, the first story. You know, as I was in, like, the first half of the first story. I was like, this is cool. I want to learn more. Like, it got me there. I wasn't, like, gripping my seat being like, holy shit. But, like, I don't think that was the point of the story. So, like, but I I was mildly invested because I like to learn more context about characters in a creative way. It did it. Uh, I think the feelings, like, did it provoke feelings for me is much higher than the other two like you know questions on this thing just because again it's a it's a love story it's a tragedy it gives you more context as to like maybe why sandman is a bit you know cynical or just kind of like this is the way things are you know and i think that's a really cool look and like deep dive into the character so I really liked it. I would say maybe I think this is like an A tier or a B tier. I think I'm going to go with B tier because I have to be a little mean, but I really like the story. I feel so bad putting it in B tier. But like, again, we have a D tier on here. I don't know if it's going to be used, but like. <laughs> I think for like, if I, if I look at it, I would agree with you because, um, as much as I like the story, I think the story itself is fine. It's what comes out of the story that's more interesting. I- yes. Like, again, it's it's a very important story. Yeah. Um, and I did like it. 
because again, I, like I'm a big I'm a big Greek mythology nerd. Um, oh, <laughs> in case you didn't know, but it's because I like stories like that. I don't know, like the grim fairy tales. I always like, man, they're cool. This gave me a lot of like good classic mythology vibes, and I like that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Um, the next one we're going to do is, uh, is a bit of a big one and it's called the dollhouse. So the dollhouse, if any of you have seen like the show is kind of like the second half of like Sandman season one, where you have, um, you basically, you have a girl, her name is Rose and she is considered a vortex which has an effect at like, she can essentially like be a part of other people's dreams and kind of mess around with them. And that has a big impact on both the dream world and kind of just like the universe in general. Um, So like that is a thing at play. Another thing that's happening in this storyline is that there are three major dreams that are just out in the world and Sandman has to bring them back to his kingdom because while he was, you know, locked up by the uh occult people, you know, people get out. People get out of the out of their house because no one's watching the house. So um it's kind of another like collection story mixed with like, I gotta stop this big thing from happening. Um I I'm trying to like get into the story as little as possible because I really want people to read this one. I think this is going to be our first S tier just because one, I remember so much from this storyline. I was like fully invested in all of the characters. There's a lot of really cool side characters. And because Sandman is all about dreams and there's a dream vortex in this, like you get to see into like multiple people's heads and it's really cool. And the way they do it, is super creative and I love it. And then there's a point where everyone's dreams get all mixed around and it like messes with them. And I'm like, this is so crazy and cool. And I want to know how this affects you as a person. Um, we also, we get kind of like our first major, like comeback of a side character from the first story. Like you get more of like the character unity Kincaid, which is really cool. Um, and that was kind of like one of my first like, oh shit moments. Like they brought this back and now it makes more sense. And this is such a big grand universe that this person is making. Um, so this one like really wowed me. Uh, I really like it. Great time. Desires involved and desires just a kooky, crazy little pal that's causing all sorts of trouble. And I love it. Um, you also meet uh the who the Corinthian, who's freaking wild. Um, <laughs> ah, you meet Fiddler's Green, who's such an awesome character and like warmed my heart. Um, you meet so many cool dudes. So was I was this memorable? Absolutely. Was I invested? If you can't tell, I was quite invested. Um, I really powered through this part of the book, and then um, did it provoke feelings? I cared for a lot of characters. So, yes. 
I was excited. I was anxious for people. I had sympathy for characters. So this is going to be our first S tier. Everyone should read the dollhouse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all the S tiers get a tiny jingle, apparently. <laughs> I've decided that now. Um, okay. We're going to move on real quick because, my goodness, we have so many stories to go through. Um, we've got Men of Good Fortune. Men of Good Fortune is a super tiny story. It's basically, uh, it is in the Renaissance era, as prequel, or before that, way before that, super medieval times. It starts there. You've got Sandman and Death, and they overhear this guy at a bar because every D&D story is, you meet at a tavern, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially, they overhear a man who's like, why do I have to die? I'm simply going to will myself to live forever. Like, And everyone is like, no, you have to die. It's a part of life. And Sandman is like, hey, all right, you won't die. Meet me in 100 years at this bar. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. They meet every 100 years at a bar. And it's really cool. I think it's such an awesome concept. I was very invested in watching these two two pals become friends. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think this is a very memorable story just because the concept alone I found really creative. Um, I, honestly, I think this is another S tier. Is a short story <laughs> S tier. I loved it. I love nothing more than like... <laughs> Than, than manly men accepting the fact that they have, like, good, like, healthy friendships. I think it's delightful. Um, it made me think kind of of, like, Frodo and Sam a little bit, because I'm like, I want these people to be them. Um, and you get to, like, see a person, like, have how their thoughts develop. Like, if they did live, like, throughout all of these points in history, like, they get a lot of, like, Time to look back and be like, yeah, I wouldn't have done this last time. Like, you know, if if I had known what was going to happen and ah, it is so cool. I like it. I'm making it S tiered. And what what cool characters. Good little short story. Great concept. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. I, I, I'm a big fan of that concept. And and I'm, I'm a big fan of the friendship. In the way that it grows. Yeah, because it's like he, you know, Sandman's kind of like, I am a I am an insane entity. Like I cannot have friends. I ride alone. And then you've just got like this guy, and he's like, nah, but we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, Yeah, okay, we're friends. <laughs> I loved it. Uh Men of Fortunes is an S-tier story. Woo! The next one is another kind of historical thing. It is called Midsummer Night's Dream. If you've ever heard of Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream, guess what? It's the same thing. Um, <laughs> that's what it is. It's just kind of like, hey, what if Sandman had to do with Shakespeare's success? Like, what if they made a deal? How cool would that be? Like, you know, to make him write a story. And then, like, all the people in Midsummer Night's Dream, it's like they're real. And they're from a different like dimension or whatever, and they come over and they watch the show, and like you're literally just seeing a production of a Midsummer Night's Dream being performed by a bunch of crazy entities, 
and the actors are like, wow, these people look crazy, but like, I'm an actor, doodly-doo. And that is the whole thing. That's it. I'm, I think I'm a bit more partial to this than maybe it deserves. I don't know. I, I'm, I cannot be unbiased about this one in particular, just because I genuinely love a Midsummer Night's Dream and I love the fairy folk. So it's just like to have that, it's just so much fun for me. It feels like it was written for me. It was definitely written for you. Was it written for Corinne? Uh, Maybe not. (laughs) This might be our lowest ranking one for me. Um, But also I will admit that um, I goofed when I read it because the whole time I was thinking of The Tempest, which is when it's like these people go on an island and it's like, you know, it's a Shakespearean love story comedy thing. I thought that that's what this was um, because I just got the titles confused. And then it wasn't. And I was like, wow, I thought I recently like was recalled to the story of Midsummer Night's Dream. But no, I was recalled to the story of The Tempest and was (laughs) expecting The Tempest. And I got Midsummer Night's Dream where a man turns into a donkey and a woman falls in love with him. I was really confused. Um, <laughs> I had to read it twice. And <laughs> and yeah, so was it memorable? I mean, like, because it's Shakespeare, kind of. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you've already taken from a, a very memorable source material. So, but I did think it was a very creative spin on, like, how it happened. You know, like, it's kind of, it makes me think of Wicked. Where it's like, hey, you know the story oh, yeah. of Wizard of Oz, look at it from behind the curtain. And that's kind of what this was. And I think that's cool. I dig it. I like it. Um, it was not my favorite because it confused me. I'm aware that like this this issue won a lot of awards, or it won an award. It won um, an award. And I'm it, and good I am job also for winning that award. I snaps to you. I love that Sandman got an award. Do I personally think it should have been a different issue? Yes, but I understand why it won the award. Was I invested? Honestly, no, I was not invested because, again, I thought I was supposed to be understanding The Tempest, and it was not The Tempest. I was confused. I know it's my fault, um, but I was not invested. <laughs> it's, also, it's not the most creative take on uh, like doing no, the midstream. But because it's I essentially just, like, like, hey, <laughs> can you write a story about my friends? That's literally right. what happened. Um, did it invoke feelings? Feelings of confusion? Yes. Um, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm giving Midsummer's Night a C tier, and I'm so sorry. Uh, again, congrats to the award. I'm sure the award means more to you than um, being in my C tier list. So I don't feel too bad. I just feel mildly bad. Um, (laughs) And that's okay. So the next one we're going to do. Can you guess what it is? (laughs) Can you guess what it is, Derek? One of of the best stories of all time. The one that we're going to talk about right now. Can can you guess what would probably be one of my favorite stories from Sandman? Based on on the cover of this this book that I'm about to show you. Can you? Oh, I see. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I the well, I don't even remember the name. It was like a night of a thousand cats or it's something. Dream of a thousand cats. Dream of a thousand cats. Let me tell uh, you, there's a story. It doesn't really have anyone in it but a bunch of cats, and then the Sandman in cat form for like a panel. A bunch of cats meet at night, like they scurry out of their homes, and they meet this one feline, and she is a kind of like a prophet. And she's essentially like, I went on a journey because my owners did a thing that I don't want to, that Corinne doesn't want to relay because it's really sad. <laughs> um, but it causes the cat to run away and go on a journey and be like, why are humans the way they are? And she meets the Sandman and he's like, long ago, cats ruled the world. <laughs> and people... We're so tiny, tinier than cats, and cats ate people and played with them. But then one day all the humans dreamed enough and changed reality. And so essentially this cat runs around the world telling other cats this story to be like, dream with me and we'll change the world. And like, oh, it's such a good story. I love it. It's got mythicality to it. It's got freaking cats off the wazoo in this story. It made me like one. It made me a little scared of cats because I was like, "Oh my god, they're all." Yeah, no, it's dream. terrifying. Like the the it's ramifications. Of that. <laughs> I'm I'm truly talking like it's some like magical wonderful thing. It it's gonna end up bad for humans. Um, but like, yeah, no like but boy, oh boy, did I love this story because I was like, "Oh my goodness, my little cat's dreaming." And it just, honestly, it just made me want to be a better cat parent so that my cat doesn't kill me when he takes over the world. <laughs> but um, was it memorable? It sure as shit was memorable. Was I invested? Goddamn right I was invested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wanted, I wanted these cats to get justice. And then did I have feelings? Hell yeah, I had feelings because I got, I got love for cats. And <laughs> I really hope them cats love me so they don't eat me in the future. But uh, cats is an S tier, um, S tier story. And for for this one, we're gonna get a non copyrighted um, kitty cats <laughs> all alone in the moon. <laughs> we're moving on because nobody likes the musical cats except for me. Anyway. Um, it is true. I'm, I think I'm the only fan of cats, like unironically, and I'm not ashamed. Anyway, we are going to move on to, we got two more stories of book one. And then I don't know, based on the timing, because I realize there's just so many stories. And again, I have so many things to say. Um, <laughs> who knows if book two will be a part two, its own separate episode. <laughs> we don't know. Um, the second story is, or the second to last story is Calliope. So uh, it's already won some points for me because mythology. Uh, Calliope, who I, uh, when I first saw the word, I thought it was Calliope, and I thought that was pretty silly. But it's Calliope. I just can't read. Um, Calliope is one of the muses in Greek mythology, for context. Um, but this story, it's very much gives me the vibes of like a 90s thriller where. Yeah. Mixed with like a Stephen King horror because it stars a man who's a writer and he's struggling. Oh, and the Stephen King thing is spot on. I I don't think yeah. I would have thought of that. Well, but I mean, damn, it's that a, really that it's really a writer. 
it's a man writer who's struggling and then he gets his comeuppance. And boy, oh boy, that is a lot of Stephen King books. <laughs> yeah. I, I like them. I'm a fan. I do love me some Stephen King. But this was quite on brand for that. Um, but yeah, so we have a writer. His name is Richard Maddock. And he essentially um, purchases a muse from an older writer. Um, and if you think that sounds like trafficking, you goddamn right it sounds like trafficking. <laughs> and But don't worry, because uh, Calliope does get set free. Sandman helps her. And boy, oh boy, does that writer get his comeuppance in a very cool, creative way. That is the briefest way without spoiling anything that I can share that story. Um, you get to watch a terrible man reach high heights and then crash really hard. And I really loved watching the crash because I'm like, get it. Women's rights. <laughs> um, so did I find this story memorable? Yes, I did. Um, I was really excited to see that they do a, a mini epilogue. Well, it's kind of a full episode. They do an episode on the Sandman show on Netflix. Um, that is the story. I was very excited to watch it. Um, I read it months and months before the show, like before I watched it. And so I, I still remembered all like many of the details. So good on memory for that one. Was I invested? Absolutely. This is written in a very thrilling way. Um, and you just want Calliope to get out okay. And like, I was invested for sure. Did I have feelings? I had feelings of revenge <laughs> and I was really, <laughs> and it was a very passionate feeling. Um, so I, but I am, I think I'm going to give it an A tier because I just, I don't know. I can't quite give it an S tier because then I would have to give everything else S tier. And I already haven't done that. So Calliope, you're going in the A tier. Um, we do learn, I will say it now because it brings context to later, that uh, Calliope and Sandman did have a relationship a long time ago. Um, and you will learn more about that in as you continue to read Sandman, which again, it's very cool to learn about like his relationships, both in friend and romance. And cause they, they always lead to like really cool stories. So big fan, but yeah, we're putting Calliope in a tier. And then the final one uh, that is a part of book one is a story called facade. Now this story does not have any of Morpheus Sandman dream. He, he not in it. He's gone. He took a vacation for this issue. Um, it's the final issue of book one. It is about the, a brief story of elemental girl. I think it's element girl is elemental element girl. girl. I did not know who element girl was when I read this. Right. But I will tell you, when I finished this story, I Wikipedia'd the shit out of Element Girl. <laughs> I found this character to be so, like, complex and tragic, and she broke my heart. Uh, she made me cry a little bit at the end. And so I was invested. Like, <laughs> um, But it is essentially... It, 
it goes into like what her life is at the moment. Um, she does not look like a traditional person because she is multiple elements in one, essentially. Like she can kind of shape shift her body into different materials. So she is kind of a hodgepodge of materials herself. And um, that has led to a lot of like trauma and fear and shame and not really wanting to go out of the house. This is a very like, you get very strong feelings from this. I would maybe say like, for some people, it could be like a trigger warning kind of thing, just because, oh, like, did, yes, because <laughs> she's she's in a deep hole, um, yeah. a very deep hole, and she ends up having a conversation with death, and it is a productive conversation, um, and and I'm that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Uh, I would give this, I want to give it a tier because I personally loved the story so much. I had a really strong emotional response to it. Um, and I, it made me really, really care about characters that I had never heard of before. And it also, this is the story I would say that made me really, really like the character death. Um, I liked the issue that she was in prior where she's like talking with Sandman and they spend a day together. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, and if you I want, we can talk that. about that. We can talk about that a little separate because I do want to, I want to decouple it from the other one and just ask oh, okay. you specifically about that story. That uh, one. Um, I really liked it. I did. I like the full circle of like, there's a point where she meets like, I don't know, she throws a, a ball to a guy on the street who's like playing soccer or whatever. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'll see you later. And then <laughs> he dies at the end and she's like, hey, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was a really great intro to death. Um, I, I was, it was a very like comforting intro to a character that I didn't think that I would tread lightly or like, you know, be super good with because I've got funky mental health and concepts of, of me and existential crises are very familiar uh, in short, and we're not going to get into it any further. So like sometimes I tiptoe around like certain like death topics, like the concept of, um, right. which is really ironic because I read a lot of horrors and like thrillers, but they're so fantastical to my head that it's like, it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't know. I think the way that like they have this character and the way they introduced it, it like, I think it honestly helped me a lot with like, you know, if I'm like having a tough time, like I'm like, Oh, this is like a really cool thing. And like, I'm not saying like Sandman is my religion to preface. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a very comforting read um, <laughs> for someone who doesn't always know how I feel about the topic. Um, so yeah. Great intro. If I had to tier it as its own thing, I would probably give it an A tier or an S tier. I'd probably just give it a solid A tier, I think. Because it's yeah, just I mean, very, like, calming. I remember it. And, like, the Jewish man who dies, I'm just like, oh, man, I love him. 
Yeah, no, I really liked him. I liked him a lot. It was really wholesome. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what happens. I want you to read it, uh, audience. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I think I would also, I would give Facade an A tier as well. Because again, like, the character death is very comforting. And like, throughout that issue, you're feeling very much what this character's feeling. Like, you just, you get real low. And then it's so ironic that, like, death comes. And it's like, oh, like, you know, maybe this person's going to be okay. Um, And I never thought that I would feel that with a Grim Reaper type of character. But he does it so well. So, like, even though Sandman is not in this issue, I'm giving it an A tier. Because, like... It, it like totally made up for it, I think. Personally. Yeah, I also sorry to get like real dark for like a half no, no, minute. No. Teehee, we're goofy, it's fine. <laughs> I uh I think so Sandman, I, I think I've said before, it's my favorite comic book. It's mine. Um, I'm just saying if you wouldn't tell, it's my favorite. <laughs> it is uh it, it came very close to being a religion for me. Uh, it, it like I, it is a way of looking at the world that I agree with you. It's very comforting. I think it's nice. And honestly, cause like, ah, screw it. We're going to get deep again. Um, I have, we're going to learn so much about Corinne on this episode. We can also edit some of this out if we realize we're not comfortable with it. But, um, I sometimes, uh, cause again, I have existential crises from occasion to occasion. Uh, I have considered, like, I should pick a religion, maybe. Maybe I would feel more comfortable, like, having an answer to some things that I don't have answers to. But the thing that then stumps me is, like, I am a person that believes that everybody's beliefs are valid and they come from a very, like, strong and probably reasonable thing. Like, if you have millions of people believing one thing... Like, there has to be, like, there, there's something about it that's, like, there's an, getting... There's an emotional draw, at least. At least. And, like, but I don't know. Maybe there's more because, like, I don't, I believe in ghosts. And I've, like, I've experienced some funky feelings. And I'm, like, perhaps, perhaps it's a multitude of things, you know, like, because there's just some unexplainable things in the universe. But what I really like about Sandman that I think makes it very comforting for anyone with any religion, it's almost like the way they created the universe is like, yeah, like if you, you know, praise these gods, they have a corner. But if you also praise these gods, there's another corner. Like there's endless amounts of corners. And they all are copacetic together. You know, they might bump heads a little bit because that's just what, like, life forms do. But, like, there is a pocket for anyone and you just go to the pocket that you belong in. And I really like that concept. It, I find it very comforting. So Same. And, and the, the, the uh, solidifying belief and, and having belief shape the world. Yeah, is something that I I genuinely like, I love. 
Because that's the whole point of dreams is like those right. are your beliefs in your head. And like, they just look and funky because there is a, as someone who has at various points in my life, and not so much anymore, but at various points in my life dealt with uh, different kinds of depression and having mm-hmm. uh, uh, darker suicidal thoughts, very much like um, uh, Element Girl. I yes. think that the there is a weird hope that is built into this worldview uh, that I don't know why it affects me in such a way, um, but it it fulfilled a need that I didn't know I needed <laughs> to read. And yeah, to- well, because I think it validates like what anyone believes is their next step. Yeah. And it's I, like, you know, I maybe it. I love it too. And fuck, well, hey, here we are. <laughs> have you, uh, now, I have, have you read um, American Gods? Do you know American I Gods? I haven't yet. I have the book, um, like the novel. I am yeah. waiting to read it. It is a hefty book. Um I'm excited to read it though because I think it's going to give me like again that mythology kick that I like mixed with yes. like potentially some cool validating comfort things and I love that. Um I'm just I'm reading Rune Lords still. No, if no, any no, of I, you have I, been I, keeping track I've been reading Rune Lords for like 3 months right now. <laughs> I American Gods was a book that I tried reading. I I I got maybe like a chapter and a half into it and I put it down. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine, um, who I actually reconnected with recently, uh, a friend of mine had said, no, 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 trust me, you will love this book. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, he's the reason I got into Sandman, too. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I trust you. I will read further. So I bought the book. <laughs> I, I read... Uh, I got past the first couple of chapters and cool. I did not put it down. Yeah. I read it and I read it over like a day. I I like genuinely absolutely love that book. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I'm excited it, to read it. it. It scratches the same itch that Sandman does. It, it there oh, is I'm there's something in there. <laughs> brain it, like it it triggers the same part of your brain uh that that same and it's Neil Gaiman, you know, like it Neil Gaiman is not like my favorite author, but he happens to have written two of my favorite things. Right. Uh, because he he really does those super well. Uh yeah. I, I I'm so excited to read it. I, I think um um uh, part of part of what I I, I wanted to say when I, I was talking about mm-hmm. this weird um, sort of religion uh, uh, viewpoint of of the book. I I don't know of anything that has affected me in in quite such a way, and it was there for me personally at the right time in my life. Yeah, uh, uh, that gave me something to to hold on to, uh, and. Yeah. There there it's it's just the way that each character is written and the way that the that life is portrayed so earnestly. 
Because it's like the way they do it is like, first off, every character is like so beautifully complicated. Like, even if you look at like Cain and Abel, like Abel made me cry, both reading and watching the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was sobbing. I was alone at 9 a.m., sobbing on my couch, being like, why? <laughs> um, just they they strike a nerve. But everyone's just so beautifully complicated. And like at the end of each story, it's like, yes, you're dealing with all of these like very like ethereal and like high up there, powerful like people. But in the end, they're like, you know sure they have their own like afterlife realms and like realms that they work with but they still do value like what it is to have like a human life experience yeah and it's like this these books frick they just like they find a way to validate almost like everything like yeah Whatever, again, like, whatever mythology it is, whatever, or theology, whatever. Um, I will say, like, sure, it is a little more, like, you're probably going to find a little more, like, Christianity references just because, like, Lucifer is a big character. But, like, you know. It's not, like, they it's still, the only god that exists. Yeah, they've made it clear they're, that that's not the only one. So, I just... I think it's really special in that way because there are some books that are just kind of like, we're just going to focus on this. We're just going to focus on these. Don't worry about the other ones. They're their own little circus. Like, um, but yeah, I just, I find, I think validating and beautifully complicated are my two favorite adjectives for these stories. I'm going to also recommend if you don't have it, uh, Mm -hmm. Somewhere along your journey, maybe not right now, uh, <laughs> some, somewhere along your journey, uh, reading Sandman, there there were some there were a few death spinoff series, also written. Yeah, by- they're they're like advertised in the back of the books. I will get to them eventually. Um, I have not found a comic shop in Connecticut yet. <laughs> That's a thing. If people want to like message in and be like hey maybe you're from connecticut please give me some comic books or yeah, that recommendations would be, that would be really cool i um, well, i have death the deluxe edition and i would recommend that okay. even if you just get it from amazon because it is a collection of uh of death stories from different parts uh yeah. and it also has a little bit of uh, uh, like in a little bit of like why this was written, why it was produced, and like death at one point does a uh a a, a like a condom awareness uh a little <laughs> story, and so like she tells it. you like how to put a condom on and like how this prevents the spread of things like HIV, and That's it was cool. it's it's so good. I like. I, I, and I, some of the best artwork is going to be in that, that death, uh, collection. It's so good. I, I cannot recommend it high enough because especially if you find death as a character, very comforting there, some of these, some of these stories I think are really well done with her. 
Yeah, her voice is just so good. Like, yeah. however they are writing it is like chef's kiss. Great. Great She's work. a wonderful, wonderful character who has her own weird little uh, multitude. Little going on. Yeah. yeah. Big fan. Man, all right. We, the book one took a lot longer than I thought. I'm happy to continue going on with book two, but if we need to make it two separate episodes, that's fine. Let's, let's do two separate episodes. Okay. I, I like the idea of, of continuing along your journey. And yeah. I enjoyed hearing um, the way that you would rank these. I know we kind of had like a, we had a conversation about these particular stories before, but I think there's something more to be taken from like, what specifically you are are taking out of them and how you yeah. would rank them. Uh, and I'm excited to hear. I actually don't know what is in book two of your thing. So I'm, I'm, I have a guess, but I don't yes. know. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing your take on those. And, yeah. um, you know, what's to come in the future. Obviously. I think it would be fun. I do my, have book three again. It's on my bookshelf. Like it's, it is glaring at me being like, why haven't you picked me up yet, Corinne? And I'm like, I'm sorry, Sandman. I have to. I, I am curious if, I think um, my guess is my favorite story in this. You've had. I've read your or, favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about it next episode. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm look. I'm looking at my my. At least I'm like ninety percent sure your favorite one is is in the next episode. It yeah. sounds sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool. Thank you for uh, bringing me along on this journey. I I will never <laughs> turn down an opportunity to talk about Sandman. Cool, because we're gonna do it <laughs> next week. <laughs> Surprise! Corinne's also gonna do the outro because I've taken full control of the Sandman episode. Um. You can find more information at comicallypedantic.com. You can also follow us on Instagram by searching at pedantic cast. That is capital P-E-D-A-N-T-I-C, capital C-A-S-T. There you go. Now I can spell. It's fun. Um, New episodes come out on most Sundays, most of them, not all of them. Um, We come out on iTunes, Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at comicallypedantic.com. If you have any comments or questions, comments like where Corinne can find a Connecticut comic book shop, that would be great. You can send them in text or audio recording to comicallypedantic at gmail.com. Please indicate if you'd like your name or your question read on the air. Please let us know. Um, and don't forget, we still own fuckcomicskate.com. What a time. Um, so if you would like to send a donation to the Games and Online Harassment Hotline, that's where you can do it. It's super nice and helpful, and we love to support and protect people who are getting cruelly harassed. Um, so we will be back soon with another deep dive into the world of comics um but until then you can find more and exciting adventures at your local comic shop woohoo bye bye
my cat almost just fell off the couch because he was like, oh my God, the relationship drama. I might read some of my books so I can read more books. I Soon after. <laughs> man, I had such a fuck. It's such a bad experience with the books I was reading because I had one I was really into until the end and I fucking hated the ending. And then I that picked up- That was the chainsaw one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you're pro- are you, I'm guessing you're probably never going to read it because it's part of a trilogy. Um, I don't know yet. Um, also, I think it's fun because uh, my friend who listens, mm-hmm. she was like, can you text me the name of the thing? that Derek was reading that he was really mad at. And I was like, oh yeah, hold on. And I literally just like scrolled through our text messages, copied the photo and was like, here you go. (laughs) It's, uh, no, it was, I started off being annoyed, got really, really into it, got to the end and boy, was I mad. Um, I, so enough to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm not reading the second one. I Uh, I actually tell you the, the book that made me the most angry to read and like honestly, I don't care. We're probably not going to keep this in the episode, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna cut that out. Uh, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna shit on. 